listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. What's up, everybody? Glad you're on. I'm going to add Carolyn to this broadcast as soon as she jumps on. Let's see where she's at. Hey, Regina. Dylan's in the house. What's up, guys? Erica, Aaron. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. Hey, Colleen. John, good to see you. Good morning. Frosty. Renee. There's Carolyn. Let's see. Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Go live with Carolyn Shuttlesworth. See, are you accepting? There she is. What's well, up? You got me. No makeup <laughs> or anything. I was only able to put mascara on so I don't scare anybody. <laughs> I was going to go to the gym, but you know, you can't go to the gym with makeup on. That's silly. Yeah. Unless you're coming although, to work after at five o'clock. Although you also do see those girls that go to the gym, but they like dress up to go to the gym. They're like there to find a man. Yeah, they're doing more pictures in the mirror like they're working out. <laughs> I used to hate seeing that. Like I back back when I actually went to the gym. But it's like it was like a uh, it was just like it, you might as well had a, a runway for them, like a model runway. Hey Jackie, all around travel inc. What's up? Oh, There's Lilia. There's my girl Andrea Hankins. <laughs> Ed hey, and Hey, Pastor Tim Gibb, love you. Yeah, I um, I saw, and then there's, of course, there's the ones on Instagram, but I won't go there. But it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous going to the gym and seeing people, like, not just, I guess there's guys that do it too, but not as much. Like, <laughs> she said, you don't go to the gym in your heels. <laughs> hey, Lilia. But, uh, I don't really go to the gym. I do yeah. my workouts at home. Yeah, I, I've I've stopped. I've stopped altogether. I couldn't go. Like, I wasn't yeah. going to go to the gym during the whole. If how ridiculous is it? They were having you wear a mask at the gym. That's like the dumbest thing. How's anybody supposed to work out? What? Well, I'm looking at the title. I don't even know what we're talking about. Oh, marriage, family, and ministry Q and A. I just wanted to know what I'm getting roped into here. <laughs> <laughs> but but also, remember when we were going to go to the gym and I had a Planet Fitness membership and it was like, okay, I get it. If there was like, if you're like, whatever, if they were going to require you to be like in the locker room, packed in with everybody and, and have a mask on, how okay. stupid was it? They already had social distanced the machines, you know, the, the no, treadmills and stupid. stuff. The whole thing and then, and they were going to make people wear masks running on treadmills. I don't know if people understand how, like, germs and all that work. Because, like, right now, everyone take a deep breath. You just breathe in a lot of particles of germs floating <laughs> in the air. So putting a mask on in the lobby versus over on the treadmill 12 feet later makes zero sense at all. Just That's why I quit. 
you remember that's like we just canceled everything it was like i'm not i'm not doing that and we live in florida for whoever said come to florida there's no we live in florida and they were doing it in uh hey there's brother julian ray your favorite saxophonist he's at the gym right now he said <laughs> good to see him he is he's killing the saxophone hey heather so hey lisa hi hannah lisa your husband was like i ain't coming on instagram I ain't doing Instagram live. No, I don't think he's set up for it. Hey, Mindy. <laughs> I'll have to watch over her shoulder. Yeah, he's probably driving right now. He's probably driving truck. But um, you knew the truck. I don't know if there's a whole lot of Insta uh, truck drivers Instagramming themselves. So <laughs> Dave's a man's man. Um, <laughs> but we finally made it. You saw my other video. We uh, <laughs> Alyssa's. Bring back tons of sex. <laughs> that was Carolyn's hashtag, by the way. That was my hashtag for my podcast I did. Yeah, that, that wasn't my hashtag, by the way. It was Carolyn's just to make it, just to make it clear. I'm embarrassed by it. Your I'm not embarrassed by it. No, my face is red because I'm hot. <laughs> hashtag tons of sex. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we made it to North Carolina and, uh, under the tent last night after the bomb threat at the airport we finally got out of F fort lauderdale you know it's crazy we actually uh we got out just in time because that, that place was slammed we were going to be there like 12 hours oh yeah there was Maybe no bomb no it was just an idiot that got mad at his flight which i don't even know they i don't even think they ever tell you the real thing no, he was just, that he was, was just like one article. I don't even know if there really was a guy and what it was. So what I, what I wanted to do today on this Instagram was just, um, obviously, you know, one of the things that people always ask us is like, man, how do you guys go so hard all the time and all that, all that stuff. And then, you know, also it's like, you know, you've got your kids with you and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just had to slip it in there. <laughs> oh Lord. We're derailing. Someone said, quit bragging. <laughs> oh, it's Lowenda. <laughs> but, you know, and then I've, I know people have questions, too. We'll take questions. But, um, you know, one thing that I, I recognize is that, like, if you have if you have a call to do something, you know, if you have a, a purpose, one of the things that does ab absolutely happen because you get that all the time too from ladies like man how do you go all the time in a hotel with all your kids always out of a suitcase and everything but it's like when you have a call and you have a purpose you know the lord doesn't just give you um the uh the call he gives you the strength and, and the grace and everything to accomplish what you're what you do you, yeah. you've found that yeah absolutely you know that is a question that we get a lot and, and the grace is on the whole family because we're called to do it together. And so right. it's not that it's just Ted and it's not that it's just me. It falls on the kids equally as much. You know, they never beg to go home. They never say, when are we going home? I never say, hey, you know, we've only been home a week. We're getting ready to leave again, you know, pack up. It's like not ever kicking the dirt. They never feel like they're missing out on anything. Um, you know, they actually are excited. They pack their bags and they're ready to go and they don't, they don't question it. And, you know, I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful that they're like that. I'm thankful that, you know, 
that we are getting to do this together as a family. I, I, it wouldn't be the same if we had to do it separate. So the Definitely. Lord knew that like the grace had to be on all of us because it, it, it wouldn't work. Our marriage wouldn't yeah. be the same. Our relationships all together would not be the same. Our ministry would not be the same. It, it just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work if we no. had to be apart as much as we are. We would live double lives and that's just how it would be. I know yeah. it for a fact because the last couple of times that I was pregnant towards the end and you had to like stay on the road and I had to stay at home, you get a whole different feel for not being in the meetings. It It's not the same when, when he's telling me a story from it. And even though I get no. to watch it live, it's still not the same as being in it and experiencing it that way. That's why it's yeah. like great for online services, but that's not where you should stay because yes, the Lord can touch you through the screen, but it's a whole different ball game when you're in the service with the anointing, the proximity, what you're witnessing, what you're experiencing is way different. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Salisbury, who's also ministering said that like he's gone to a conference even for, for a couple of days and his wife doesn't like being apart. Because, you know, you're not meant to be apart. You know, that's that's really the whole thing. And the Lord saw that uh, Adam was alone, gave him Eve. You're not, you didn't come together to be apart. And, um, oh, there's Joel and Teddy. What's up, Joel? Teddy? Um, you know, you're not meant to be apart. You know, when you get married and you become one, you know, your your callings should come together. You know, your your purpose comes together. Like, I've never understood... I, I've never understood uh, these women that like don't support their husbands in ministry. Like I, I don't, you know, like that, like harp on like, well, I don't know why you have to be traveling all the time. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I've never understood women that don't stand behind or stand with their husbands in ministry. And like make, that makes it harder for the man of God to like actually do what he's called to do. And then of course, Carolyn's anointed. So, it's not that she's just like standing behind me in ministry. She's in the ministry. You know, she is a minister. And I, I've never understood why women, you know, like harp on things when their husbands are called to, to preach instead well, of standing it, up next to them. Because it's insecurity. Because, you know, their husband's in the spotlight or this and that. And they haven't tapped into their purpose. They haven't tapped into what God's called them to do. Because for a while, you know, when I was a mom and traveling, I was, in my mind, just there. It's like, I could have stayed home. It was easier to not drag kids to church and be dressed and go sit in the lobby or sit in the nursery and, you know, not be a part of anything. And then, you know, insecurity steps in because then it's like, usually you fellowship after meetings and you go out to eat, but then you're tired and you got kids who don't want to go out to eat. And it's like, okay, well, I'll go back to the hotel. And then you're fighting your time. Huh? Unless you have our kids, then they're like, are we going out to eat? <laughs> well, they I mean, they had to get to that point. And yeah. so, you know, and then you're like, well, he he's going out. Nobody's going to know who I am. I'm never there. You know, you fight those things in your mind unless you're a secure person, you know. Yeah. I, I like going out, but I like, <laughs> like my comfies too. So I am happy either way. I'm always like, I will go out to eat. That's great. <laughs> But, hey, I got to go back to the hotel. My kids are tired. No problem. <laughs> Hashtag, I like, like I'm happy. I'm just happy either way. But you also get to that mindset. 
you also get to that point. You've got to teach yourself yeah. to be confident in, in whatever stage of life you're at. I had yeah, that's absolutely true. With, I had to be confident with sitting in the nursery and nursing my kids all through service and watching miracles on the TV and be like, man, wish I was there experiencing that. Wish I was part of it. Until I got the mindset like, God's never going to leave me out. I'm in this. It's a team. And I'm my spirit man's still going to get it. I'm still going to be able to feel it. I'm not going to be left out. It's only right. a season and, and leave it at that. And then yeah. every season changes. I've learned a lot. And I've thought a lot about this with how seasons change and how you are, like Psalm 1 says, you're productive in every season. Your leaves are never going to wither. You're always going to have a manifestation. It doesn't matter what seasons change. Just like in the natural, seasons change. Things die in the winter, right. things this. But you can still stay at a productive state. Just things are going to look different. So we have yeah. to learn to be able to switch well, this season's not the same as last season. I still yep. can go higher in this season. I still can be productive in this season, but it's going to look different. And how can I go with the change of it is right. what I've you know, had to learn over the years. Right. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, you know, it's like, um, like you said, the grace even is on your children because, you know, when you model that, I think part of what happens when kids aren't, is it's not it's not modeled and so the kids see what one of the parents are doing and basically pick that up like if if mom's not supportive and she's always complaining and, or if dad's always complaining can't you know if they're in a position like you or just just anyone you know the kids would most likely be with the mom so they're going to be with the mom that's griping and the mom that's complaining and the ministry mm -hmm. doesn't look awesome and ministry is this and then dad begins to look awful to the kids and then yeah. you know get a sour taste in your mouth right. for your parents. Well, one parent, really. You know, oh, mom's working so hard. Mom's this, mom's that. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't see that unity factor. Right. That's right. What's up, Jonathan? Love you. Um, that's exactly that's exactly true. Um, AJ asked two questions. He asked, number one, how do you do uh, or engage in proper time management when you're on the road, because obviously when we're on the road, the schedules aren't the same as like if we're home and we have the ability to be a lot more scheduled at home. Um, but then how do you, how do you, um, how do you uh, do proper time management? And the other question was, how do you prepare in a meeting? But I say this because obviously you can't have the same um, schedule on the road that you do at home. You just can't. I mean, the kids aren't going to be in bed, you know, before, you know, they're not, the kids aren't going to go to bed at 10 o'clock. We're still out, you know, we're in the service. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, I have a road schedule life and I have a home schedule life. Right. And, and I, and I've done that since the kids were born and you know, it does take self-control and it does take dedication, but you have to be somebody. And this is how I always laugh because I'll meet a lot of, uh, people in ministry and they're very rigid and it's like it's good to a point but you have to be able to not be rigid in certain areas because right. lots of times the holy spirit will flip a switch on you and you've got to be able to get out of your own schedule your own that's right to make the change and so it's yep. like live a rigid and scheduled life but have it in the back of your mind that god's gonna pull you into a different direction and it could be in a, a, a second and you got to be okay with it yeah but ministry is go with the flow yeah. need to, 
Like ministry is go with the flow. It's not, if, if you can't put everything on a schedule and expect it to, and there's nothing wrong with being scheduled and, and disciplined. You need that in life. Yeah. Um, but when you're in this kind of a situation, it, it, you can't do the same thing. Here's the other thing. Uh, if I was going to be up every night and doing all the things that I, that we do, you know, being in the services late, fellowshipping with the pastor afterwards, doing everything. I'm not going to be up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Because the other thing is you need your strength. And rest is important. There's no condemnation that you're not up at 6 a.m. going to the gym because you're in a revival situation. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um, you know, people pray for revival. I don't know if they knew what they would do if revival really hit. Because I remember I was talking to, Perry, uh, to Pastor Terry Drost. And he was talking to uh, a good friend of his, is Pastor Lyndall Cooley, who was the praise and worship leader for the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola. And he said to Lyndall Cooley, he was like, you guys went for years. And it was like long services and multiples. He's like, how did you do like what you did like during that time? And he said, you know what? He said, how did you even, you know what he was asking him about? He said, how did you even... Uh, get your own personal time with the Lord and everything when you had all that going on. And he was like, you know what, Pastor Terry, I would just, he said, back at my house, I would set up a keyboard like next to my bed, literally, and put my Bible on it. And he said, I'd go home and crash after the revival. And he said, I'd wake up in the morning whenever I woke up and I would literally just swing my legs off the side of the bed and, uh, and, and start worshiping on the keyboard, open my Bible and read my devotions. I mean, you have to do it when you can do it, how you can do it when you're in revival mode. It's not like you're not going to have this uh, cut and dried schedule like you do at home. I love you, Kofi. And so uh, Pastor Lyndall Cooley, he said, I just I just put myself and I would say that's the thing, too. It's um, I learned this. I don't know if Tiffany's on. Maybe she can say if this is where it's from. But I think it was from Atomic Habits with James James Clear. Um, he said she was going to the gym. Who did? I think Tiffany said she was going to the gym. Oh, well. Then I gave are, her a, a hard time on text, and then I had to jump on, so I don't even know how she responded to me. <laughs> <laughs> but if I think it was from Atomic, Atomic Habits from with James Clear, which is a phenomenal book. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. But – um. One of the things is removing as many obstacles uh, to your goal that you can to make it easier to accomplish those things. So, like, even if it's – that's what Lyndall Cooley did because they use it in the form of, like, going to the gym. So it's like set out uh, set out your clothes in ahead of time at night, your gym shoes, your gym clothes, uh, pack your bag, have everything ready to go so that all those obstacles are removed out of the way um, – the next morning when you're trying to accomplish your goal. Well, that's, um, that's what Linda Cooley was saying. Instead of like waking up and being like, Oh, how am I going to spend time with the Lord? G keyboards already set up next to the bed. Bible's already open on the keyboard. All you got to do is sit up and swing your legs off and that's it. And you can start doing. So one of the things is just kind of, uh, removing hindrances. I mean, like if there's things as simple as, um, you know, not having to waste time getting up and going to get in the car and going to Starbucks to get coffee, or whatever, and just having the coffee maker that we bring that's in the room so that we're not wasting all kinds of time throughout the day doing different things. We do a grocery run at the beginning of the week and, you know, stuff's in the refrigerator and we can make our coffee. We can spend time with the Lord. We can do all of that. 
you know, like you this morning, Carolyn, like you, instead of you having to go and get in the car, go find a Starbucks, do all of that, get ready to go out because you're not going to go out just straight out of bed. You know, all that is just removed by, you know, having your coffee machine there. Then you're back in the in the word of God like you were this morning reading the Bible. Yeah. And our schedules look different. Like Ted and I do not have the same schedule. We do things separate. I mean, people probably think, you know, we're skipping down every day with our hands held and having like massive devotion time. But we both have two totally different schedules and they have to work for us as individuals. I have kids. Not that Ted doesn't, but I have have kids too, by the way, the DNA results are in. They are my kids too. I have kids to do homeschool. So like my we stuff. We not have to go room. on one of those. <laughs> I know, Karen. They are my kids. Together, we're in separate rooms. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I mean, we are, but. No, we are. Someone asked, are you guys together? And like, yes, I think it was Karen Neary. <laughs> we are together. I went to another hotel room so that we wouldn't feed we back. on someone's door and was like, can I use this while you're out? <laughs> I said, the Lord has need of your room. Let me in. <laughs> no, I'm but I mean, like, we just have, you know. He's got to do his Bible time when it works for his schedule. He has so many things going on being who he is and what he does. And then I have so many things going on, you know, doing my jobs and homeschooling. And, you know, it just our schedules look different. But you have to know, okay, I'm getting on the road. I'm preparing my mind. This is what it's going to look like for the next two weeks. When I get home, you know, then you take a day to detox and then you switch it up. And this is what it's going to look like when I'm home. Absolutely. So it's different. It's different for, for us. And we've got two different schedules, two different lives. You know, <laughs> the other question was, how do you prepare for meetings when you're on the road like that? Especially when you have your family. One of the things that we've done now later in the ministry is instead of being in hotel rooms often, we'll rent houses, which makes it easier. And it costs pretty much the same. Why wouldn't you do that if you can find yeah. one? Uh, and that gives us a whole home to be in where I have a separate area. Um, to, to prepare myself and to pray and to study. But when we were just coming up doing, you know, hotel rooms only, you know, I, I used to kind of have to make the bathroom my office. And that's just how it was. I, I just have but to. That's how, that's how you saw it. Your dad, he escaped yep. to the bathroom. That was his office, you yeah. know? And then you do it. <laughs> and prepare yourself. Sometimes, Sometimes Ted goes to the car. He'll yep. go to the car an hour before we have to leave. And he'll just sit in the car and pray the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the kids and I will come down and then we head to the church. So, you know, you don't stop what you have to do. You just figure it out and make yep. it happen. Shanda said, do you have to graduate from a Bible school to be in the ministry? Well, you don't have to, but it is good to have training. You know, if you're going to be in the ministry, you know, Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed that can rightly divide the word of truth. And there's too few people nowadays that can truly uh, rightly divide the word. And they're not, they don't have spiritual impartation from those that can speak into their lives. They don't have spiritual fathers. That's why I wrote further faster for people that didn't understand the concept. Um, They don't have training and they're just jumping right in. You need to be trained. I mean, there's a reason the Bible says, don't put up a novice. There's a reason why there were people. Paul didn't just jump right into ministry. Look at his life. It was a few years before he actually jumped into ministry the way that he did. So um, you have to. I didn't go to Bible school, but I've been able to sit under and receive 
impartation in correction and teaching. It's not like I just like. No, um, just jumped in. Yeah. Like I have spiritual leaders over me mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not just me gone rogue. <laughs> right. But, but, right. but people don't have what I've been afforded to on a, you know, regularly. So. Yeah. No, that, that's exactly right. So training's important. You got, you got to have it. Um, best parenting tips, Onyx said. Um, I have a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old, and foster kids come and go. Wow, so what? Yeah, I mean, what what would you say, Carolyn, for someone that's got a six, five, three, and one-year-old for the best parenting tips? Well, I mean, what parenting tips and what part? I mean, obviously, as a whole, you want to be, first and foremost, your kids are going to know the Word of God and know what Jesus is by you, first and foremost. It's not going to be Sunday school. It's not going to be other people. It's not going to be when they're older in youth group. The responsibility lies at home. So at a, at a young age, do what you can with them on their level to get them involved with yeah. the Word of God. I mean... Miracle Word Kids. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, we have something exactly for those ages, if you don't know already, called Miracle Word Kids. And we put out Bible studies, and it's for their age, and it's for... Um, we do videos on topics. Uh, every Wednesday is something new. And so we get that word into them in scripture memory so they can get that, you know, topical studies so they can uh, hear the word of God throughout the week. And so, you know, and also, you know, you obviously have a heart and compassion and been, you know, somebody who's going to take in foster children just got to make sure, you know, they are taught the word of God, too, because you don't want outside influences coming in around your children in your home. You know, I don't know how old the foster kids are, you know, and I'm not saying look at them as, you know, dangerous, just certain situations where they're coming into your home with your kids. And so yeah. they got to jump right into the word of God and they got to have the same rules and the same, yep. you know, teaching because Unity. you don't want that coming off on your family unit unit when it comes time where you're not going to be fostering anymore, where yeah. they've been exposed to things they shouldn't be exposed to or, you know, different things like that. So that's got to be very guarded. Yeah, absolutely. Lifestyle doc, my hands are not tired. Love you. Is that Susan Sharkey? Got to get to a meeting. Love this interaction. Love you, Susan. Probably. Um, she just sent Frank. me an awesome testimony that I have to share with you if she didn't write it. Oh, that's awesome. Frank, that uh, Jer Jerry, uh, Brad showed no emotions last night. Absolutely no emotions. Um, he said, "What? What's the new thing that God is about to do?" Watch Fred Price's message. What new thing is God doing? Um, the other thing I would say too that we're even disciplining. Love you, Susan. Um, the other thing too that we're disciplining ourselves even more to do than we ever have before because we're one thing. Are they writing them in the comments or to you? No, private? there's a question button that looks like a little uh, question mark with a text oh. bubble. I'm like, where so are you people are writing questions? Yeah, and if you guys have questions, write them in because we'll, we'll answer them. Uh, Onyx said, thank you. Um, who's that? Opal said, uh, you guys don't skip down to devotions together? <laughs> yeah, 
holding hands. Oh, Come on, Ted. Yeah. Let's That's how go. we skip down to breakfast. We skip down to lunch. But skip one of her. the things that <laughs> one of the things that we are um, I don't know. I don't think we have anything planned in Kentucky, do we, Carolyn, mm -hmm. for this year? But I check our schedule because I might be close to you at some point. So just check the schedule. Um, the, the thing I would say, too, though, we've disciplined ourselves more than ever to do this this year, and then we're going to do even more next year. One thing we've always done with the children, uh, Ooh, there's a great question, Pastor David <laughs> Jenkins, and I love you, Pastor David, and we're going to, that's what I was just getting ready to talk about. How do you balance rest and ministry? Um, we may do that at some point, Susan. Um, the thing we've disciplined ourselves with the kids because we're always on the go so much is, um, is that we make sure, number one, that we make traveling fun. We don't ever want the kids to ever feel like, oh, we got to, it's, it's all we did was go, go, go. And, you know, what we do is that even if we're not, uh, you know, going on a vacation, like we may go extra days afterwards, we may go extra days before, and we'll do things where we'll we'll book a two-day thing or, you know, whatever that means, coming back from a meeting, we may stop at like Legoland or, you know, something like that. Or even if we just do something as simple as, you know, we see a, we're at a meeting and we see that there's like a, a Dave and Buster's in town and we'll take like a Dave and Buster's day with the kids or, you know, whatever. It's not like we lock ourselves in the hotel room. We're not coming out. We're in a revival meeting. It's like, you know, your kids are growing up too. And so uh, we'll take a day where we may do like a Dave and Buster's day or, you know, whatever it is and make it fun. But also the Lord dealt with me about prioritizing rest. Um, and I've done this uh, as a broadcast, I think at one point, but where I talked about, the Lord kind of rebuked me for running so hard just for the sake of running. And I was overseas uh, in a hotel room in Brazil somewhere. And uh, I was just praying that the Lord would give me strength and that the Lord would, you know, whatever. And he rebuked me and said, you're not my only worker. And led me to Mark chapter six, where the Bible says the disciples returned uh, and reported to Jesus all that they had done and taught. And he didn't even reference it. He said, and now come away with me and let's rest ourselves. For there's been so much coming and going, we've not even had a chance to eat. So uh, Jesus prioritized his disciples' rest, even though he was the one that said, get to work. we got to work while it's yet day. The night is coming where no man can work. And uh, But when they came back from working, he made them rest. And the Lord dealt with me about that, that he'd rather have me work efficiently for 60 years than to run hard for 20 years and burn out. And so, hey, love you, Jordan. And so that's why, um, that's why uh, we started making that a priority. And you have to make it a priority. So, you know, what we've been doing now is like even with our, our shared Google Calendar with the ministry team, you know, we'll put things in that are uh, blocks, you know, on the, on the schedule that are like, this is just rest. This is vacation Nothing's going to be scheduled here. Nothing's going to take the place in this block on the calendar. Uh, and we just make it a priority where it's like this, this is, this is our, because we start to realize that rest time is just as important for our bodies and minds and spirits as, as it is to go do something else. And then of course, the other thing being uh, Carolyn and I have to have time with each other together. 
Because it's not restful if, you know, Carolyn's on vacation, but she's still doing all the same stuff. So uh, it's important also to have time where it's just you and your wife. And because uh, what you don't want, yes, my dad is still a traveling minister and we're, we're here in his tent meeting this week in Roxboro, North Carolina. But like, think of this. How many times, Carolyn, have we talked about this? Love you, Rohan. Where people put, and we always preach against this. It's not God, ministry, family, marriage. That's not, that's not it. Your mic, your mic sounded changed. Did you cover it? Oh, yeah. I must, I must have put my hand over it. Um, it's not God and then ministry and then family and marriage. That's, that's, not, how you, that's not how you prioritize. It's, it's God. It's your personal relationship with God. Then number two is your wife or your husband. That is number two, without question, without question. Number three is your children. And number four is your ministry. Your ministry doesn't come before your children and your ministry doesn't come before your spouse, but it does come after your personal relationship with the Lord. So what ends up happening, I've seen it happen where people put their ministry over their wife or husband. The marriage is destroyed. Of course it's destroyed. So what's the point of your ministry? And you don't even have a marriage that's held together by the end. Or they put their ministry above their children, and their children aren't even serving the Lord at the end of their lives. Like, What's the point of losing your own household after you've worked to get other people's families saved? It's stupid. And so it's God. It's your relationship with the Lord first. And then it's your spouse. And then it's your children. And then it's your ministry. Because, you know, just like the Bible says, you can gain the whole world and lose your own soul. What's the point of winning the world and losing your own family? It's, it's not, it's, it's stupidity. And so people have to prioritize properly. You've got to be with the Lord first, but then you've got to, pri- because here's the thing you and I talked about, and you can deal with this. There are many people that put their children over their spouse. Talk about what happens when you do that. There's no tons of sex. <laughs> well, not just that. What happens when they turn 18? You said, well, not just that. <laughs> what happens when they turn 18? I'd love to just get that. They're out of the house, and then you become roommate status. With roommates. Your you become roommate status. It's like you look at each other, and you're like, okay. You guys are probably sleeping in another bedroom. You're doing your own thing. You got your own hobbies. And then it's, you know, harder later to bring yourself back together. You just need to continue to date yourself from the time you've been married and work Mm -hmm. on that. So then it's not, you know, when that time comes. You did it, Connie. You're on. You know, the thing is, how many many people have you seen that they, they prioritize their children over their husband? or their children or their wife. And so the husband is neglected or the wife is neglected. And that, that is what happens. You grow apart. You stop being close and intimate like you once were. And the, the thing that happens, your kids grow up, they move away, they get their own families. And then, like you said, you're just roommates living in the same house. Don't have the closeness. You know, and then you got to work. What are you going to You start working at 55 years old. You're going to start working at it at 55, you know, or at 50. You know, it's like, geez. And so it's really, um, 
it's sad to see it happen, but it does happen because the priorities are off. And, yeah. and so you have to, you've got to work on your relationship with your spouse right after your relationship with the Lord, because they are a gift to you from the Lord. Like Carolyn's a gift to me. I'm a gift to her. And so you prioritize that and you steward it. You've got to steward it properly because it's a great gift from the Lord. He that finds a wife finds a good thing, a good thing. And so you don't, you don't put that last. No, nope. it's just, it's just really all about balancing and working that out because just like you got to take time for your spouse, you got to take separate time from your kids. That's like one thing I'm huge on. I'm always harping to Ted about is like, People are always going to want our attention. People are mm -hmm. always going to want advice and help and fellowship. But we need to make sure we shut that out and focus on our kids. Yeah. And, and, and you know that, that time because, you know, they're going to grow up beside you, but you want them to grow up with you. You don't want them right. just to start growing up beside you and then everything isn't going to be all right later. They right. need to be involved. They need to know as they grow up, they can go to you about things, not people in the world to get advice. They yeah. can go to you when there's something that's bothering them or ask you a question about the Bible or about the word of God, not somebody who doesn't believe in healing or someone who doesn't believe in prosperity or doesn't believe in tithing and get right. the wrong information. You had it. That's why I'm big on making sure they know what the word of God says about certain topics, because then <laughs> one thing I used to tell Brooklyn when she was learning to read, I said, listen, you want to know why it's so important to read? It had nothing to do with education it had nothing to do with me telling her how smart it was going to be. My number one thing that I told Brooklyn when she was learning to read was, listen, if somebody ever tried to tell you something different than what the word of God says, you won't be able to know it and point it out and read what the word of God says. That was always my example to her. Yeah. You're not going to know what the Bible says about this and someone can trick you and you're not going to be able to say, Hey, no, this is what God's word says. Mm -hmm. This is what the verses say in the Bible. Right. And so that was always my thing for her is like, you know, of course, education is imperative and of course knowledge is good. And, you know, but to me, that was my thing to her to get into her ingrained in her was no one's going to trick you. No one's going to be able to blindside you because right. you're going to know how to read and you're going to, that's important. Yeah. So make sure your kids have designated time as well. And like going back real quick to what Ted, the question was about rest is when you plan things and you do things, make sure, you know, like we'll never take early morning flights out. That's right. We're not going to rush. Never. We're not going to pull our hair out. We're not going to be at each other's throats because that was a, a, a ticket that was $100 cheaper per person. Say that. We'll, we're, we're never going to, you know, people have to know how to learn their lesson one time and that's yep. it. I'm the person that's like, you slapped me on the wrist once. I did something wrong and I've learned from it. I'll fix it and move on. Right. So at early stages of our ministry, that sometimes I would do that and I would regret it later and be yep. so that I would tell Ted, I'm never going to come to again. a mindset where, you know, the peace, prioritize the supernatural your peace. peace that that is given to us by God as a gift in John 14, 27 
is so to me that needs to be so upholded in your life that it is worth every cent, every yeah. cent to walk in peace with oh. your family and your day. Every, and every so I would, I will never, I will never sacrifice our peace as a no. family and traveling on the road to save a buck. No, for anything and for time. So, like when I book stuff, I think in advance. This is how we're going to feel after a week of meetings. Yep. This is how it's going to be. This is what's going to make our family feel better before a meeting, feel better during a meeting. Yes. And so that's how I have the mindset when I book stuff and when I, um, you know, get things done is like, what's going to create an atmosphere of peace mm -hmm. for our home and for our ministry? That's right. And, I mean, I'm not bragging, I, but I'll get that. The ones who travel with me will always say, you know, we like to travel with you. You make things fun and you make things relaxing and you make things this because it doesn't need to be stressed. We don't need to be, um, what was the thing? Was it Smith Wigglesworth? Remember well, there was a story. There was a story of an old minister who, uh, he and other ministers had been called to go to a, a conference. And so, um, they, they, they were, they were going to ride the train. And, um, so the, the the other ministers to save money, it was going to be like an overnight train ride to this conference. And the other the other ministers that were on the train to the conference booked themselves in the in the general car where you sit in like a seat or a bench, you know, like the, the coach car. Whereas the, the one minister of the group booked himself a sleeper car where it has like a bed in it and everything, which was a lot more money. And so when they got off the train, the uh you know, they, they had originally ridiculed that minister for using the Lord's money to book like a sleeper car on the train when they when he could they, he could have sat up with them in the in the regular coach cabin. And when they got off the train after like all those hours of of being on the road, all of those ministers were worn out and they were on the way to the conference. All those ministers were worn out from sitting up on a bench all night in the in the coach car. And the other minister stepped off the train completely rested and ready to go preach. And uh, he said, let me get, let me teach you a lesson. He said, all of you saved, he said, all of you saved the Lord's money. I saved the Lord's man. And that was like a huge lesson. You saved the Lord's money. I saved the Lord's man. Because it's, see, it, he called us to do this. So if right. he calls you to do something, he's going to provide. You don't need to sit there and try to figure all that out. You right. just have to step forward and do it. And so I'll never, I, I totally like people were writing prioritize peace to me. That is so imperative that that is, that's how I operate when, you know, someone said, how do you do rest and this and travel? You know, that's why when we do week to week, sometimes we don't go home, uh, looking red eyed. We don't go home, you know, yeah, there's the natural tiredness once in a while and you go home and you're like, okay, well, we were just on a high for three weeks because we were just like in services and doing this and you come home and you're like, for a second and you've got to breathe. But that's, that's not because traveling was hard. Traveling was this, you know, we had to book here. We had to stay here. Nope. I, I will never, ever do that to inform my family. And I see pastor Dave Rogers on, and I'll say publicly, the Pastor Dave Rogers gave me a word about this years ago when I was first starting out in the ministry. And uh, 
I wasn't smart enough to listen to him back then because I thought, well, I, you know, I don't need to be resting the way he's saying and, you know, all this. And it took it took probably a decade for me to get rebuked by the Holy Ghost when Pastor Dave Rogers was giving me wisdom uh, back at the beginning of my evangelistic ministry. And so, uh, you know, he, he, he told us to do that. He told us those exact things that we're saying today. He said back then, you know, and it was, it was the wisdom of the Lord to, you know, prioritize your peace and save God's man rather than God's money. Make sure you're resting yourself properly. And, you know, when you're 20-something years old, you're not thinking of rest. You know what I mean? You're not thinking like, you're just raring to go. But that's the importance. And somebody asked in the questions, what would you tell yourself going back to Bible school or what would you tell a Bible school student? And there's two things that I would probably say to Bible school students, and that would be this, or young ministers. Listen to ministers that have done it for a while. Listen to those that have gone before you. That wisdom is a form of impartation. So listen to those that have gone before you. And then also um, take that time to study. Don't goof off in Bible school. Like, don't get caught up. I know there's a, it's funny because everyone calls it bridal school because everybody goes there to get uh, a, a woman or, a, or a, a man or whatever. But let me tell you, um, focus on getting impartation and focus on receiving knowledge and wisdom and understanding for the ministry. Focus on studying. Focus on, focus on the ability uh, to be able to do well what God's called you to do. And stay hungry in that way. Stay hungry for impartation. Stay hungry to learn and push yourself. As my father's always taught, preparation time is never lost time. Preparation time is never lost time. So prepare yourself properly and go hard. You know, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. I knew people in Bible school that honestly skipped school to take more shifts at their job to make more money. It's like, that's not why you're there. Why would you skip classes to go work more hours at your job? That's just ridiculous. And so, okay. yeah, a ring by spring. That's exactly what they say. Right. So I would say, listen, make sure. You know, what Carolyn was saying too, going back to the prior prioritizing your piece, you that about? is one of, yeah, that's right. Stay hungry. That is one of the biggest and best lessons that we've learned is to, because who wants to be stressed all the time? Who wants to be angry? Who wants to be irritable? Who wants to be picked off because you just preached for a week and preached your guts out and went every single day. And now you got to take a, a 5.30 or 6 a.m. flight to get back home because you were able to save $500 on the plane tickets. It's like, what a ridiculous thing. Like, I'll pay the 500 and believe God that he'll provide it. You know, whatever that, that might be. I'm just giving an example. I don't know actual what the actual numbers would be. But even if it was $1,000, it's like, listen, my rest and my peace are more important. Now, there's people that don't think like that. There's people that would just be like, well, you know what? But remember something. This is our life. This is our life. Like, this is my life for the rest of my life. So I'm going to be doing this every week. So what am I going to do with my family? Jam them into a tiny little room every single week. 
or do or can I have the faith to rent a house? I mean, it's our it's our life. You know what I mean? Am I gonna am I gonna go and be yelling at everybody and dragging people out of bed at five a.m. to get to the airport and everybody's fighting with each other and everybody's angry and everybody's all? Or are we gonna just have the faith to book the tickets for the flight the times we want and then eventually, you know, if if we have our own plane or we d take planes or that are ours or whatever? But I, I'm I'm not gonna destroy the peace of our family you know what i'm saying yeah i mean i know you agree with that which is why you started doing it and why we started making those decisions like you know remember that time we ended up booking a car and we were like i can't believe that's one of the times that you were like i'll never do this again it was like to save money one time instead of getting like a a big suv for our whole family and our our luggage or whatever. We, what were we jammed into at that time? I don't know. It was just a. It was just a car. I'm trying to do the. It was like a standard size car, you know. Yep. Um, then you get the mindset that's like, if I if I if I can't up my faith and my spending now, how can I believe? You know, you can't keep cramming your family into a four door car to save money. And then, uh, and then in your prayer time, say, Lord, just bring me a jet. Bring me a jet. Well, you, you have no faith to afford a uh, full-size SUV. And you're asking right. God to spend $20,000 on a one-way, you know, jet plane. But you're like, you know, that car was 500 but the SUV right. was 1000 So, right. like, I gave that $500. So yeah. you have to train your mindset. You know, that was one thing. I was really thankful for being at your aunt and uncle's church for so while for a while, uh, Dominion Christian Center, Pastor Terry and Colleen Shuttlesworth, because they are extreme givers. And I mean, like, you know, every time we would go out and map big groups, they'd always get the bill and get this. And I would watch and be like, you know, Ted and I can afford each other at dinner. But one day I want to I want to buy, you know, uh, 10 people at a restaurant and 10 this and that. But in order to get to where we are doing that now and multiple people and written out stuff, you know, I had to, I had to do it. I had to right. just do it and say, okay, I'm going to give the card for the bill for the entire, you know, now people can hardly beat me to it, but it's like, you have to train yourself to raise your faith higher in doing things, train That's yourself. Right. And, As and my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, always would preach, you got to go to Timbuk one before you can go to Timbuk two. Yeah, you have to train yourself because <laughs> if not, you're always going to be in that that position that says, "I wish I could, I wish I could do that," or "I, I one day I'm going to do it." So you can't say one day because one day is always going to push it off. You have to make a day and the starting day, and then you can go higher and higher. Because That's if right. I can, if I didn't get to that point where I was like, well, you know, that, that's, that's how we do it now. When we travel, we didn't, we, we, first of all, we started in a car and drove everywhere. Right. And then we started with, in you a know, car, car, in a car. Then we started in SUV for a while. And then we started regular, you know, just plane tickets. And now we don't, we only do first class for the entire family. And so, right. but we got, yeah, because how are you going to have the faith? to right. charter jets or to own a jet 
if you can't even trust God to put your whole family in first Any, class. Yeah, anything big, how are you going to, you know what I mean? So you have to get yourself, and you, and, and you get it. You get it in your, your spirit, you get it in your mind, and then you, you get that, that idea. And by the way, for those that are listening, we don't charge the churches to do that. The churches don't buy us first class tickets. We buy them. You understand? It's not like I'm not put I'm not putting this on the churches. The churches aren't booking my travel. And saying, yeah, but we need five first class tickets for our family. We buy them and trust God. He's going to provide oh, yeah. for what we, we're doing. We, the hotel, the house, n nobody, you know, we, we take care of all that. We take care of the people that we bring in we don't put any burden on anybody because it, it you know and i don't i wouldn't want to do that because it forces my faith to go higher you have right. to learn to force your faith to go to new levels you're never yes. going to go to new levels unless you force your faith and push it to go up the That's ladder right. push it to go higher no one else is going to force it for you no one else can do it you have to learn to force your faith to to increase. Yeah, that's right, Shanda. It is. That's why I encourage people to listen to faith preaching and teaching because it makes your mindset change. You know, if you go back and listen to Dr. Fred Price teach in the seventies and the eighties and the early nineties, and when he was when he was building uh, his ministry out in California, and he bought Pepperdine University and all the things, it makes you think on another level. When you listen to Dr. Bill Winston teach uh, on that, it makes you think on another level, you know, because you can't stay in the same place when you hear that kind of gift of faith style teaching. It pushes <laughs> you to go to another, another and it's level. Not you force your face, uh, faith, like you're like always living in the overflow because there was times where, you know, you force your faith and, and you, you're stretched because it's like, okay, I'm giving this or I'm doing this and I'm forcing my faith and that's all that I have. And that's all that I'm able to give, like, because right. that's it. You know, I'm giving, I'm giving it all. Or, you know, there's times, you know, like he says, we, we pay our own way to meetings. And so you, you're forcing your faith to get there on all that you have. And, yeah. and it is, and you know, and that's what it is. And so you can't, look at it and say, well, I'm going to step back because this time, if I do it, I'm using it all or I'm doing this. It's like, no, you live in that stretch. Faith is a stretch. Right. Faith is going to take you out of your comfort zone. If you're constantly living yep. in your comfort zone, you're not living by faith. That's right. If you're constantly I don't living know. in your comfort zone, you're not living by faith. Somebody should write that down or put it in the comments. Faith makes your flesh uncomfortable. And so right. if you are if you constantly live in the comfort zone, you're not living by faith. Um, I don't know if Instagram cuts you off at an hour like it used to still. But uh, before we go, and Carl, Carolyn, you want to do this again tomorrow? Sure. If everybody wants to do it again. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back on again tomorrow at 1030. But a last question. Anthony said, I've been married for three weeks. What's the best advice for newlyweds who are both in ministry together that you could give? You go first, and then I'll, then I'll do mine. Hold on. The question is, they just got married. Best sure. advice for newlyweds in the ministry together. Now you go first. I'm going to think about it for a second. 
I would say some of the stuff we've already just said is that, like, number one, prioritize your spouse over your ministry and prioritize your children. Well, I'm sure they don't have children. They got married three weeks ago, but unless, but there, I'm just kidding. But uh, put your, when the kids come, put them over your ministry. Um, and then again, prioritize your peace and be led by the spirit in every aspect of your ministry. You know, one of the things that for us, when the Lord, you know, that was where our faith was at then, like where we were driving to almost all of our meetings because we're like, well, we got our family and everything. And because we lived centrally on the East Coast, we could go north, we could go south. And we drove to like, what would you say, 85% of our meetings we drove to? Yeah. Probably. If not most, because yeah. that. So, so we were there. That's where we were. And when the Lord spoke to us to move to Florida, it was like, Lord, you know, we're in the very tip of Florida. And, and just to drive out of the state, it's going to take eight hours or something to get, just to get out of the state from where we live. So, like, if we're going to keep driving. So in order to obey that instruction from the Holy Spirit to move, we were also going to have to obey the, the Holy Spirit knowing we're probably going to have to fly to all of our meetings now because of where we live, where we're positioning ourselves by the Holy Ghost, which means we're not just obeying his voice to move. We're also going to have to believe for another level uh, of, of resource to begin to fly. Well, now we don't even think about it. That was believing God for five coach tickets, you know, to get to our meetings out of South Florida. Well, now, like Carolyn said, um, you know, we don't even think about booking first class tickets for our whole family now because it's like a different level. But you, but by obeying the Holy Spirit, it puts you in a place where you have to level up. And so that's that's the key. Level, you know, level up, continue to level up and by, by obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit and put prioritize your peace and prioritize your spouse. Yeah. So newly married advice, don't bring in, uh, you know, you're raised a certain way. Both of you have come from different families. Don't bring all of that into your marriage learn to grow together in new things set a tone now and a precedent for how you want don't ever let um any disagreements any arguments go overnight fix it communicate as a husband i will say for for ted who taught me so i'm going to say it from this from my point of view for you as a husband make sure um you guys learn communication don't let your wife stomp away mad. Don't let her um, drag any any fights into the next day. Don't let an attitude go on. You know, Ted taught me at a, at a young time in our marriage, we've been married, you know, going to be 16 years. We're not going to do that. You're not going to have an attitude. You're not going to drag this on for three days. We're going to fix it. We're going to work it out. We're going to... Um, you know, communicate. He's taught me if you have an issue, if you have a problem, if you're annoyed about something or something's on your mind, he taught me, say it. Just say it. Let's get it. Let's fix it. Don't Love drag it because, you know, I know women do, and I'm, I'm sure guys do too, but you have the thing playing in your head for so long, that's getting built up. But out here in the real world, he doesn't know that you're thinking that. He doesn't know that you're uh, having a problem with something. 
And so for you to have it working in your mind for days and then you go in black all of a sudden, you're, right. you're blindsiding your husband and he doesn't even know what the heck, what area you're coming from, what direction you're coming from, what all the conversations you've been having in your head. So that's something as a newly married couple, set the present, present, pres, precedent in your home now with this is how we're going to have our marriage. We're going to have an open line of communication. We're going to not go to bed angry with each other. We're not going to, you know, there's always good things I have taken into my marriage from growing up. But you know what? You see some things that you're like, well, maybe, when, you know, with my husband, I'm going to do this different and we're going to work on this and we're not going to, you know, the way I was raised for certain things. Because really, we have an instruction manual, which is the word of God. And so if it doesn't line up with the instruction manual, no matter how you saw your parents do something or how you've seen other people, your grandparents do something, if that action doesn't line up with the word of God, it's not going to be right. And it's not going to have a good consequence. So take everything that you're doing, everything you've learned, everything you've seen over the years and line it up with the word of God. And if something needs to be tweaked, then tweak it in your own marriage and in your own life. And as far as ministry, we talked about that earlier. If you didn't, if you didn't see it, that obviously becomes second to your marriage, but do it together. That's right. Do it together. Don't make, you know, if you, I don't know if, if you are the pastor, the preacher, you know, but do it together. Call your wife. She's a help me, but call her up beside you. Encourage her, you know, be an encouragement to each other. Don't, you know, force her to go do her own thing and her own nine to five job. And you're off building your own ministry. You have to learn to do it together. He's called you together. That's what one thing Ted always said when we got married. Um, we're going to do this together because he called us together. He didn't call us together to be married and have a best friend relationship forever and you go do your own thing and i go do my own thing right we're going to do this together and with that you grow immensely you grow in in a, a unity and in unity there's strength that's right it's hard to be broken when you're when you're on the same page that's right we're in roxborough north carolina for the rest of this week under the tent all the details are on the website carol and i are going to come back on tomorrow and, uh, and do another one of these at 10.30 uh, a.m. to 11.30. And um, if you can get to the tent meeting, get here. And then we're going to be in Tomball, Texas next week together. So uh, bring everybody. Same room. <laughs> we are in the same room. Oh, we are. <laughs> in my nephew's room so we could do this. If not, we'd have crazy weird feedback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, we'd love to see you in Tomball. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. We love you yeah, so much. Thank you. And um, I love you, Carolyn. Can I come back up to the room now? Yeah, come join me. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. We love you. Out now, so come on back. Someone's got to watch these kids. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Later, guys. I'll see you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.